I'm Jack High Mitchell Smedley sitting to my left. Mitchell Smedley in rare form today. Yeah, rare form today for Mitchell Smedley, but it's a another Monday. Yeah. Our second Monday show, and we are here. A lot, lot of talk about wall-to-wall show, full two hours jam-packed of lots and lots of sports news, but mostly football. Uh, and we're going to start off college football week four reactions. We're going to go through. There's a lot of games to talk about. Uh, the casuals out there were telling you that it's going to be a sleepy week of college football, but that does not exist. No such thing. I don't know about that Saturdays. One, no, stop the ridiculousness. <laughs> when those Saturday cultures are on, though. I mean, they are. You just you're just a you're you're buffoonery a, when it I'm comes a, to that topic. I'm a culture just, hater, bro. Yeah, you just are relatively uninformed and have a rather wow. terrible take. But um, wow, we're starting off really strong today. So yeah, can you guys tell we bonded over the weekend? Voice crack too, by the way. What is happening? <clears throat> Me and Jack had a great bonding experience in yeah. a terrible loss for Kutztown. Yep, it was a yeah. loss for mine and Jack's friendship as well. Okay. Never. <laughs> that do- that also doesn't exist. Moving on. Let's get into the first game. Maryland, Michigan, Big Ten, noon kickoff up in Ann Arbor at the Big House, and you know Jim Harbaugh's tenure. He has owned Maryland. Uh, he has absolutely dominated the Terps. Uh, has never lost in his Wolverines tenure to Maryland, but that almost came to an end on Saturday. Michigan escapes with a 34-27 home win, but. You know, this one was neck and neck all the way. You know, right down to the very end, it was 17-13 Wolverines at the half uh, before scoreless third quarters, uh, and then a 17-14 Michigan gets the advantage outscoring the Terrapins in the fourth quarter. So, again, it, it was a very solid game, and I was impressed from what Maryland was able to put up uh, in this game. Uh, to attack of Iloa's brother, uh, Talia, the junior quarterback in Maryland, uh, so he is he is trying to carve his own path to the NFL. I'm not sure if it'll work out for him, but he has been taking strides in his Maryland career. Went for 207 through the air, a touchdown, unfortunately for his sake, through two interceptions in this game. Uh, but, you know, it does factor in. Michigan was able to get this one leading the turnover uh, battle. You know, Maryland turned it over three times. Michigan only coughed it up once. But, you know, if you look across this box score, it's an even game. Maryland outpassed Michigan, but the biggest difference was on the ground. 243 rushing yards for Michigan to Maryland's 128. A lot of that was in part due to Blake Corum and his fantastic day. 30 carries, 243, and two touchdowns on the ground. That's 8.1 a carry. So, again, Michigan's offense, you know, they thought when Josh Gaddis uh, left for Miami, maybe this offense takes a step back, has not done so thus far. And we'll get to Miami a little later on in the show <laughs> with the eventful Saturday they, they had, but... um. Yep, Michigan looks good. You know, they, some people are saying, well, they got exposed uh, to, to Maryland. They only beat them by, by, by six at home. So, I have, no, seven. 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 I can do that math. Yeah. Uh, I staggered for a second. No, so. it's okay. There's a lot of numbers going on. Six, seven, 27, 34, yeah. big 10. Like, there's a lot being thrown at you here. And, numbers and, galore. Yeah, and you got the stats sitting in front of you. Like, you know, give yourself a break. You got it, buddy. I believe in you. Thank you. Seven-point victory for Michigan. Should have been more. But um, either way. They got the win. It's Big Ten football. You know, these games are going to be close a lot of times, and uh, this one just happened to be that way. Um, Does that signify some weakness in Michigan? Who knows? Uh, It was at home, so, you know, even feeds more into the fact that they should have, you know, crushed them a little harder. But uh, who knows? Who knows? What's your take on that, Jack? How how much do you buy into the beat them by a certain amount sort of thing in college football? It it depends on the game for me. It's like... If like Maryland isn't a lackluster opponent, like Maryland's not a fantastic team, but they're also not like a 
terrible team. Like They're not like Northwestern, who this year just stinks. Uh, lost to an FCS school last week, and they're going to be rather non-competitive in the Big Ten West. But Maryland, yeah, they're an interesting program. I don't, I think they, I think they can make a bowl game, maybe go six and six, seven and five, best case scenario. But okay. yeah, again, they're not, they're not horrible, but they're not great. They're just meh, smack middle dab in the middle of the Big yep. Ten. Yeah, just a middle of the road Big Ten team. Okay, so you, you don't, th- you're not too worried about a seven point margin. No, I'm not. And again, it's early in the season. It's week four. It's your first test in Big Ten play, considering. You know, the weakness of their non-conference schedule, but that's in the hands mm-hmm. of the Michigan scheduling. I mean, they beat down Colorado State 51-7, Hawaii 56-10, and UConn 59-0. So they didn't get tested at all through the first three weeks. So you had to expect maybe a little bit, little bit more of a uh, gradually in process to, to potentially seeing this team dominate. I don't think we're going to see them blow teams off the field in Big Ten play like Ohio State did at Wisconsin. We'll also get to that game a little <laughs> later on in the show, but... Um, yeah, again, this Michigan team, just they, they're gritty. They're, they're gritty. They just find different ways to win games, and it's not going to be pretty all the time, but they're one of the better teams in the country for a reason. Uh, they have that number four stamped next to their name, signifying they're a top-four team for a reason. Roster's so good, uh, and J.J. McCarthy's taking steps forward as a younger quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of growing pains as he fully takes the reins of this offense now, but, um, yeah, I think Michigan's fine. Okay. So, all right. So, Jack's not concerned. I'm concerned. I, I'm lower on Maryland than you are. But, um, like you said, they, they didn't have a, a problem uh, hammering the the three teams prior. You mentioned Hawaii and Colorado State and everything. Like, they were huge margins. Uh, so, worst case scenario, I think this is just a bump in the road for Michigan. But I think it is a little bit concerning. So Yeah. I mean, it's definitely fair to have concerns, but I'm not going to... Exaggerate and say, oh no, Michigan's—they're—they're they're fraudulent. <laughs> Fraud they're, number four, they're right fraudulent. there. Fraudulent, uh, absolutely fraudulent. No, that's not—that's not gonna be me. At least not yet. Uh, if they suffered a loss, you know they have upcoming. They got at Iowa. Could be an interesting game. Always tough to play Kinnick Stadium, despite yep. Iowa not being the best team. They are three and one, but we all know what Iowa's offense is, and that is not good. Uh, then they have Indiana before welcoming Penn State, and which would be a fantastic—that'll be a prime great match there. Before so. we move on, what time is it, Jack? It's, 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 it is two, two oh nine. Yeah. And Michigan still sucks. There you go. <laughs> great, great launching point though. Yeah. Now we hit the 10 minute mark. So we got a message from the KUR notebook. Attention, oh, wow. I didn't KU even mean KU that, buddy. There you go. Attention KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.cutstown.edu slash KUR. Find live events slash remotes. Read the reminders and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Goodstein University, KUR. Welcome back to Heavy Eaters, everybody. I'm Jack Heim alongside Mitchell Smedley. Oh, I like how you said that. On this great Monday mm. afternoon, getting back into college football discussions, talking about how Maryland nearly upset Michigan. But we're going to move on now. Primetime game, top 25. We talked about it in the show, Mitch. Clemson, Wake Forest, and Winston-Salem at Truist Field between the Tigers and the Demon Deacons. Thriller of a game, 51-45. Clemson reigns victorious in double overtime, and that marks now. Wake Forest has lost their last 63 games against AP top 10 opponents. Uh, Yeah, long streak, long streak, and long stretch. That's what I got torn in between of saying, but... Yeah, um, Wake's still a good team. Clemson's still a good team. Nothing changes my mind about that exiting this game. But I tell you what, Clemson has got some weaknesses in that defense. 
I was impressed with the offensive performance. DJ Oyungalele showed us something that he hasn't since his freshman year. Probably his most impressive game in a Clemson uniform since that true freshman performance against Notre Dame. Uh, and then that thriller, instant classic out. Uh, I, I forget what Notre Dame Stadium is called, but at Notre Dame. Uh, just blanking out off the top of my head. But yeah, DJ goes for 371, five touchdowns through the air. Tacked on 52 rushing yards on the ground. So, I mean, phenomenal day for just another day at the office. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's nothing to it, man. I mean, 51 I don't know, points, no yeah. problem. That is a problem, though. I I, no it problem. took a lot to win that game. It really did. Uh, like you said, double overtime. You right? just underestimated the strength of Wake's offense. Now, what I didn't expect I was, completely underestimated. Yeah, absolutely, I did. I mean, Wake's one of the most experienced teams in the country. I think the most experienced team in the country. They have the most. Fifth, sixth, and seventh year players combined out of any school in the country, uh, taking full advantage of the red shirts and the extra COVID years. So, I mean, Sam Hartman, the guy to be the most experienced quarterback in the country. He's seen every type of defense you could throw at him, um, which is why he went for 337 and six touchdowns yeah. and 20 of 29 passing. He averaged 11.6 yards per completion. Yeah, this Wake offense was out and about. They were. Dominant performance, just not enough to get it done. Both sides of the football. But again, I, you know, I'm a little concerned about Clemson's defense because, look, going into that game, Wake's, Wake is not a team that runs the ball efficiently. They don't. They just don't run the football well. It's not what they do. And, you know, you, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Just take a quick look at the stats in the season for them. They don't run the ball well, and that trended over to this game. 39 carries, 110 yards only, 2.8 yards per carry as a team. Not good. Uh, but they really got them through the air. Uh, they torched this Tiger secondary. Jamal Banks, six for a buck forty-one, two touchdowns. That's averaging twenty-three and a half yards per reception. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, My that, that is goodness. gashing, gashing Clemson's secondary, and that's really something you got to look forward to because Clemson has no time to rest. You know, they they take the win. It was an absolute thriller, instant classic of a game. Uh, but you know, both these teams really don't have easy games next week. Uh, Wake Forest travels to Tallahassee to take on. My favorite team, Florida State Seminoles, now ranked 23rd in the country, but I'll discuss Look at them you, later buddy. on. I at least We're get both my ranked. moment in the sun. Yes, we do. Congrats. Both are ranked. And Clemson has to play home against 10th-ranked NC State. So both teams have more top 25 matchups, and that one in Clemson will be a top 10 showdown. Yeah, that's a big game right there. And that was one of the most anticipated matchups coming into the year, not just ACC-wise, but national uh, You know, eyes and for the media types were all over that game, too, but... Now, back to this one again. Fantastic offense all around. Both these teams have to be thrilled with the offensive performances. And, you know, Wake's defense isn't good. I mean, they're not a. <laughs> it's not like they're. Uh, 51 they're not horrible. points doesn't scream shutdown defense. They're not horrible, but they're not great. You know, the secondary, we knew there was a potential for Clemson to really make them hurt, but I, I just didn't expect it because uh, their, their receivers just haven't stepped up for them. Their receivers haven't stepped up for them, but they did in this one, and that's all that matters. This offense looked a lot better. Uh, back to years past, kind of, you got that vintage Clemson offense look. And, yeah, interesting enough. But, you know, the, the passing game was good. One more note, the rushing game was not, though, honestly, for Clemson. You know, I thought Wake's run defense could be a weakness, uh, but it is but, but it wasn't. Clemson did not expose it. Will Shipley only went 20 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. That's 5.2 a carry. I mean, that's good, but I'm surprised they didn't go to it more, but I guess when you have the passing game working as well as they did, you don't really need to. I'm just... Uh, what is going on here, Jack? What was that? Lots going on. I am um, so confused. Yeah. Um, You'll have to explain it over the break. Theatrics in the KUR studio. Um, but It's... it's 
never a dull moment. No, nope, working never. with these folks. Absolutely, never so, a dull moment. I mean, uh, I can do math here. Ninety-six total points. Yeah, defense really was not an emphasis coming into this game. Uh, all through, I, it was it was about the offense, and then some offense on top of the offense, and then after that, we're gonna have a little more offense. And you know, you you talked about how that makes it a classic of a game. That's kind of what people are really looking for now, I guess. You know, you all these classic games. I think back to Chiefs Bills NFL football uh, last playoffs, like those that offensive explosion in the last two minutes. That's what's gonna stick in everyone's mind. It's you know where some of these defensive games, like people commonly refer to. Um, what was that? Super Bowl 53 Rams Niners? I think that was, right? Uh, where it was 13 to 3. That's Rams Patriots. Oh, did I say Rams Niners? Yes. Yeah, Rams Patriots. They beat the Did they beat the Niners that year in the championship? I forget, but uh Rams Patriots, that's what I meant to no, say. No, they beat the Saints. Oh, with the uh pass, pass interference. interference. Yep. Yeah, how yeah. about that? Yep. Um but that was a low-scoring 13 to 3 win and it's commonly referred to as one of the most boring Super Bowls. Uh, so, you know, these flashy games draw the attention um, of everyone with these 51 to 45 numbers here. But, I mean, I'm of the opinion that that signifies to me a really bad game to watch in the sense that there was there was really no resistance, really no resistance at all. And it came down to double overtime. You know, one team makes a stop, one doesn't. But over the course of the game, it's just like, you know, he's going to throw and there's another 23-yard reception. And like you're saying... You know, that's just gashing, gashing a secondary. It doesn't even almost matter what you do on first or second down if a team has at will the chance to just go up and get 20 yards. Um, so I, I think that's kind of, you know, boring. And, and I mean, my, my main point here is this. That is completely worrisome for Clemson. That is complete, you know, cause for real concern on this Tigers defense uh, to allow 45 points to Wake Forest here is, is I think, a huge deal, a massive deal. Yeah, you know, considering Wake's offense, we mentioned they're they're a one-dimensional offense. They they right. really succeed at throwing the ball through the air. But like, it's not like Clemson was just uninformed of that going into this game. <laughs> yeah, they you, watch film. They watch film. You do the scouting report on Wake Forest. You know they don't run the ball well. Sam Hartman loves to air it out. They love to take shots down the field. They love to get big chunk plays, 20, 25 yards. They just go right down the field. Boom, 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 boom. Four, five plays. Yeah, seventy-five yards, touchdown. Get and back and cover. A, like, yeah, it's a it's a fast-moving offense. It's a it's just they they, they love to get out and move. Big plays consistently, uh, and they love to, you know, maybe move a little bit faster, get the defense, you know, not fully set. So, yeah, again, uh, just very worrisome, like we said, with the Clemson defense, and it's going to be interesting to see how they move on in the following weeks because they're going to have some, they're going to have more tests. They're going to have NC State, and then they're going to have Florida State in Tallahassee, and if Florida State can find a way to beat Wake Forest, go 5-0, and maybe somehow stun NC State on the road, could be uh could be potential undefeated versus undefeated going into that game, but wow. I'm not going to say that's a definite because Florida State's got to prove it to me this week. They're four zero and I love it, but <laughs> they get to play their first ranked team of the year, so we'll see what they're made of this week at home. But Sounds we'll save good. that. We'll save that for Wednesday. We are going to go preview that one just because it's top twenty five. Of it's gonna be a course, bigger matchup. and it's your team, buddy. A- absolutely. We always preview the Penn State games. Hundred percent, just a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of Penn State, we'll we'll get to them real quick. Thirty three fourteen right before the break over Central Michigan. Rather. Kind of just a mad game. I mean, Penn State, it was a game in the first half. It was 21-14 at halftime, but Penn State shut them down in the second half. Uh, yeah. Chippewas get nothing. They didn't score a single point. Uh, Sean Clifford, four touchdowns. Penn State continues to rock and roll. They're 4-0. They're going to welcome in Northwestern next week. 5-0. Uh, so they should be 5-0 before bye week, before heading up to Michigan oh. to play the more than likely undefeated Wolverines, uh, um, unless there was an absolute shocker. 
but can't wait for that. Yeah. But yeah, Penn State takes care of business against Central Michigan. Um, really, that's that's the story, you know. Fourteen points allowed. I'm not too concerned. Uh, that made it feel like a game in the first half, but like you said, defense locked down second half, and uh, Penn State stays undefeated. Yes, they do. Did they, uh, did they move in the – I didn't look at the poll. Are yes, they, uh, they move up three from, from 14 to 11. Wow. Just keep climbing. All yes, right. Yes, they will. They, so, they, they're wow, they're one below uh, NC State, right? Yes, one below NC State. Wow. Potential right. loss to Clemson in a Northwestern win would put Penn State in the top ten. I We're going to take our first it. break of today's show. When we come back, more recapping of week four of all things college football right here on Heavy Hitters. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters. I am Mitchell Smedley, currently in a war with my headphones over here. That is Jack Heim. Jack, what's our next? We're uh, we're going through college football week four here. What's our next matchup? Baylor Iowa State Big Twelve Showdown in Ames. It was the two and one Bears versus the three and O Iowa State Cyclones. There we go. So Mitch has got his headphones. <laughs> I on. got it. Clap. It he's took that go. long. Yeah, it took took a little bit, but he's got it. How does that happen? Not quite sure. 31-24, Baylor wins. And a, another interesting game. You know, this one was not really close in the fourth quarter. It was 31-14 for Iowa State. Had a late surge to make it look closer. Uh, they got the field goal to make it 31-24. 55 seconds left on a 28-yard from Jace Gilbert. But, yeah, Baylor controlled this game the whole time. Dave Aranda's bunch. Uh, they're they're pesky, pesky to play against. And, uh they're going to have another fun matchup next week, uh, and we will probably talk about it on the Wednesday show. I don't know if it, it's worthy of a full preview, but it will be at least mentioned. But for this one, though, the Big 12, man, is is wide open. <laughs> Absolutely wide open. I mean, Baylor's there. Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa State, heck, even Kansas and Kansas State. I mean, there's so many teams right now that are competing for the Big 12. There's no really definitive favorite. You know, it was thought to be Oklahoma, but before... You know, we're going to get to that game a little later on in an in-depth, uh, you know, deep dive, I should say, is the better phrasing. But, yeah, I mean, Big 12s, it's, it's, anyone's, it's anyone's conference, and that's absolutely what I love to see. But for Baylor, uh, Shapin goes for 238, three touchdowns through the air. Uh, and then on the ground, you have Richard Reese going for 78 and a touchdown on 21 carries. So not the most efficient rushing day, but Baylor made the plays they needed to when they had to. Uh, including a nice little trick play, a uh, little double reverse flea flicker kind of deal. They do two handoffs back to the quarterback and a wide open touchdown uh, down the field to Gavin Holmes. So that was a nice little fun trick play to see. But yeah, Bears win it. They're 17th ranked, three and one. Uh, and as for next week for them, they host Oklahoma State, the ninth ranked Cowboys, coming off of a bye. So another interesting Big Ten matchup. I thought it was going to be against Notre Dame. I, I was uh, miss misinformed. I believe they play them. They don't play them. Um, so I was under the wrong impression. Um, it's okay. We'll, we'll still I, love I you. was lied to. We will forgive you, I Jack. I was lied to. Jack, it's okay. Yeah. My I'm father, still here for you. My father told me that Notre Dame plays Baylor this week, and he was just wrong. So Oh, oh now we're blaming your father. You know what? I will no, not stand but for I that. was told. That's what I was told. I, I will not done stand my own for research, that. Your fa- okay. And your father knows that he's raising a son that is in the business of radio. And what he was doing there was testing you to make sure you would, you know, check your sources before bringing that onto the air. And you know he was what? right that you yeah. you did not do an adequate job. I of, failed myself. Of vetting the information. Yeah. You know what? I failed myself and I failed my show. You have no one else to blame. Yep. You cannot yeah. blame your awesome father. Now my reputation has been very tarnished. Oh, so. absolutely. Dude, no one's going to trust you anymore. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm here for you, buddy. Very much. We'll interesting. get through. 
But, yes, Baylor wins. They have another tough test next week. As for Iowa State, a tough one to lose. Frustrating, tough one to lose. Excuse me. Frustrating game. A couple of bad interceptions thrown by Hunter Deckers. Uh, but they got to just, you know, be able to move on, shake it off. They had some positives to look at through the air. Jalen Knoll at 120 yards on seven grabs. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson had eight for 84. So a couple of receivers with pretty solid days. But in totality, you know, Iowa State, they're, they're still there. You know, just because they suffer one loss doesn't mean it's over. But they got to go play the uh, Lance Leipold Jayhawks in Lawrence, Kansas next week. Iowa State opens up up as a three and a half point favorite so the doubters continuing to hate on kansas man what is with this <laughs> jack doesn't Mutiny. like that jack Mutiny. doesn't like that they are the feel-good story of college football this year and everyone loves to just dump on them Ridiculous. jack says that the uh the ap college polls don't snubbed like fun them. snubbed them no you said they don't like fun yeah is they, the way you yeah, put it they, to don't, they don't like to have fun they, they don't like to have fun they don't like to see enjoyment they're just i feel like this just happened with uh corporate cincinnati was this Cincinnati? Everyone was just talking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And look, but, how, but look how that turned out. Come on, man. Let it go. At least I mean, Cincinnati deserved to make the playoffs, and they did. So I guess. And then look how that turned out. Not much different than any other four seed against Alabama. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. So I digress. Anyway, enough of that discussion. Uh, Florida and Tennessee SEC showdown. We deep dive previewed this one on Wednesday, and it is very much so earning of an analysis once now that it is over. 38-33, the Vols win in an absolute classic at Neyland Stadium. Much better performances from the Gators than I expected. And I was talking about on Wednesday how Ventura Miller was trending towards not playing. He actually did end up playing. and was a huge difference maker on the Gators' defensive side of things in this game. Uh, but albeit their performance was not good enough to get them the win. But a team that last year... You know, they rolled over in a lot of games. Uh, as Dan Mullen was exiting, exiting, and they were trying to, you know, under the interim guy, trying to find their new guy, which they found Billy Napier from Louisiana. Not LSU, but Louisiana Lafayette. But, yeah, um, I, you know, the fight that Florida showed in this game, you know, again, there's no moral victories in football, and that's how I see it. A win's a win, is a loss is a loss. Uh, when, when it's all said and done, the only thing that matters is the final score up on that scoreboard. But, again, for a team that, Last year, kind of just meh. They laid down and let 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 the other team, you know, give it to them. They 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 got beat down a lot uh, in, in in these games against bigger type teams. But you know, on the road, they they showed a lot, and I'm interested to see how they move forward with this, uh, considering they have a more a little bit more of a favorable schedule before getting back into the hardship of things. The Gators host Eastern Washington and Missouri before. Uh, and LSU before playing Georgia. So those are three winnable games for Florida. They could be 5-2. and two. Uh, But on the other side of things for Tennessee, man, whew, this, is a, this is a program trending in the right direction. Ascension mode for the Vols. <laughs> 4-0. They're first vaulting. Time, first time, yes. Good, good play on words there. I Mitch. got you, buddy. But, yeah, this is the first time they started 4-0 since 2015. Uh, it's been a long time since Tennessee's had a, this good of a start. Only their second win in the last 18 times playing Florida. Uh, but yeah, they, they put, they put a scare into a lot of people at the end of that game, uh, considering Florida scored a late touchdown, recovered an onside kick, had a chance to heave it to the end zone, but Anthony Richardson gets hit while throwing, uh, just ends up being a duck that gets intercepted and that was the ball game. But yes, Josh Heupel and the Vols are 4-0 and they, they will welcome in Alabama in a couple weeks. Tennessee's got to travel down to, they, they get a bye, but then travel down to LSU 
So they could be 5-0 and hosting the Crimson Tide. And, you know, that's that's another for, you know, rivalry that a lot of people don't talk about just considering how one-sided it's been in Alabama's favor for quite some time now. But, yeah, these two teams had the rivalry again in the 90s. It was, it was intense, but it has faded out. But Tennessee is trying to restore order uh, and get these rivalries back on the national stage. And Saturday was a fantastic showing of what this program is trending up towards. Hendon Hooker, great day, 349 through the air, two touchdowns, added another 112 and a touchdown on the ground. Wow. So, I mean, yeah. Dual uh, threat. Incredible day. Dual, yeah, he is a fantastic quarterback. Dual threat, absolutely. Nearly 500 all-purpose yards uh, from the Vols QB. Anthony Richardson, though, mirrored the performance. You know, a lot of people doubted him, including myself, but he throws for 453 Two touchdowns, one interception, added 62 on the ground and two touchdowns. So he got over 500 total yards. Yeah, um, offense all around. And it was, again, you know, you mentioned how these teams, these games, a lot of the instant classics are just high-scoring games, and they are. And I didn't address it earlier, but yes, good defense is good defense, and that's one thing, but incompetent offense is incompetent offense. And that was your example of the Pats-Rams Super Bowl Example of bad offense. Was I think. it? I, I 100% believe Do you so. think so? Yep. I'd have to look back at point totals that year. But the the Rams. Yeah, the Rams. The Rams were a high flying offense, buddy. Yeah, and Jared Goff missed out on a lot of opportunities to get the points. Well, because, so. you know, Carson Wentz is better than Jared Goff, and it was stupid to take him first overall. I disagree. Well, one of them has a ring. Uh, not that he played a postseason game in, but. Uh, no, but he got them there. He did the. A lot of the heavy lifting laid the foundation. Just because you get a team in the playoffs doesn't mean you have what it takes to win him a Super Bowl. No. So. Are you denying he had the talent, though? One of them was a front runner for MVP. I'm not. That? I'm not denying he had the talent then, but. Um, How about his talent this week? Foles took him <laughs> Foles took him the rest of the way. Yeah, we'll get to that a little yeah. later on the show. Wow. Two more games to fully break down, though. Sticking <laughs> in the mean... SEC, Arkansas A&M, 23-21, Texas A&M. Pulls out a gutsy win, man. That that's just how you have to label it. Arkansas really, really hurt themselves though. Um, really buried, dug their own grave, if you will, uh, with you know the rest of the play outside of the first quarter. They went up fourteen nothing in this game. Fast. It was boom, two touchdowns, big plays through the air, and I'm like, whoa, fourteen nothing Arkansas. It, they're they're gonna run away with this thing. It's not even gonna be close. Uh, Arkansas by like thirty, and they're gonna be talking about this one down in Fayetteville for quite some time. That is not how it ended up, though. And you have to credit AM's defense for responding the way they did, forcing some big turnovers. And I think the big turning point of the game was in the second quarter, K.J. Jefferson was trying to tuck it and run for a touchdown, got punched out right at the goal line, mm. scooped up, uh, and then it got returned for a touchdown, not in a conventional way. Uh, they, they scooped it up, and I forget who recovered, but as he was getting wrapped up, hands it off to a defensive back behind him who proceeds to take it all the way for a touchdown. So, what a play. Yeah, Damani Richardson uh, took the handoff and went 82 yards to the house. So, that was the huge play for AM. and uh, And, yeah, I mean, that's just the way they're going to have to win games this year. Defensive and special team touchdowns, uh, just one sprinkled in every game. Because this offense is not world-beating offense. I mean, you, know, you look at the stats in this game, it's like, okay, Max Johnson, 151 yards and a touchdown through the air. Uh, and then on the ground, a nice day from... Devon Achney, uh, 19 for a buck 59 and a touchdown at 8.4. And Jimbo Fisher in the postgame was absolutely uh, gushing about the way he, about the way his junior running back played. 
fantastic performance on the ground. But yeah, again, but these type of wins though for AM buy them another week to try to see if this offense can get into high gear. They have all the talent in the world to do it. Max Johnson isn't a bad quarterback. They have plenty of star receivers. They did just lose Anaya Smith, though, potentially for the season, I'm hearing. Uh, so that's a huge loss in the receiver room. But they have a bunch of young talent there. And there's no question of whether they have the players to be good. It's just whether they can execute uh, the, the scheme and the game plan and get the right plays and get get the right plays down to be able to make this offense uh, into what it was potentially supposed to be. Uh, and that was a offense that could put up points. And I'm not, I'm not say trade with everybody, but put up enough points to where you aren't fully having to rely on your defense to get you big turnovers and scores uh, to get you Take wins. a lot of pressure off that defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Have some sort of cushion. Both teams are now 3-1. and one. Doesn't get any easier for Arkansas. They return home. Wounded animal mode. They're playing the Crimson Tide mm. at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Oh, and that crowd is going to be rocking for that one. This A&M loss does not take away anything from the fact that Arkansas has its goals on the table uh, to achieve. If they can somehow take down Alabama at home, that... That puts them right back that at the top. erases this loss. They, yeah, it does. It puts them right back at the top of this division uh, with A&M and an Alabama matchup pending in Tuscaloosa later on in the season. Yeah, so, you know, again, a lot of things Arkansas could have done better, uh, include making that late field goal to take the lead. But, again, got to give credit to where credit's due. A&M's defense came to play uh, after the first quarter. They played three solid quarters, really shut down that Arkansas offense after their uh, first two drives went for touchdowns. So, A&M, they go to Starkville, Mississippi State, a very underrated team, considering after their loss to LSU and the way they did it. So, can't underestimate that one. Mississippi State does open up as a favorite at home against A&M. So, interesting things to monitor there. Final in-depth breakdown, Oklahoma falls again. And, Ooh. man, Kansas State has just been a thorn in the Sooner side for the past four years. Kansas State has won three of the last four matchups between these two schools, and the one that Oklahoma won, it was a three-point win last year uh, at Kansas State. So, whew, Kansas State, man, they, they are a team that has, like I mentioned, given Oklahoma issues. And again, it wasn't really the fact that Oklahoma's offense played bad. They put up 34 points. A lot, I mean, a lot of it did come late in the game, but they didn't give up. They fought back, and... Yeah, I mean, just got to give credit to Adrian Martinez, the Nebraska quarterback transfer. Uh, 234 through the air, but tacks on 148 yards and four rushing touchdowns. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and Deuce Vaughn, 25 for a buck 16 on the ground. So, really, the ground game. I mean, absolutely torched this Sooners defense. Quarterback ground game. Yeah. That that tells me there's a scheming issue uh, on, on the defense that they just simply didn't account for. Scheming and potential execution, too. So. Oh, yeah, well... Execution's one thing, but you're allowing this guy to run in for four touchdowns. I mean, yeah. At that point, I would, I, would, you know, you don't double cover the quarterback. I do. I'd change something, but that that is, that is scarring. That is insane. And it's not like Oklahoma failed to put up yards. I mean, Dylan Gabriel goes three thirty, four touchdowns through the air. Yeah, two hundred twenty team rushing yards. Gabriel added sixty one of his own on the ground. Eric Gray, the starting running back, had one hundred and fourteen on sixteen carries. So, I mean, this isn't a game where Kansas State just said, "Yeah, we're going to shut down your offense." No, it was just. Classic Big 12. Trade points, uh, but strategically wise, it's not like a Texas Tech, like Oklahoma game from a couple years ago with Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> but that game was insane. Uh, literally no defense in that one, but there was some defense in this one despite the final score and despite the high total uh, total yardage, but 
yeah, it was just a night where Kansas State got the better of Oklahoma. Uh, you think maybe with these kind of upsets, the turnovers would be in play. No, neither team turned the ball over. It was just Kansas State has had Oklahoma's number, and they did it again. Yeah, it's just who's going to convert in the in the big moments and, and who's really got that that um, offensive edge that the other team doesn't. And, and you see it show up in the stat sheet. It's it's four rushing touchdowns for the Kansas uh, um K-State quarterback. Uh, yeah, quarterback. I couldn't think of the word quarterback. What am I saying? Um, yeah, that, that's really a well-balanced game, like you said. Uh, I don't think one defense particularly uh, particularly let this game ever get out of hand. As you saw, you know, when things were down, fought back, and, and really just a very well-balanced game and just another good win, three in the last four years, as you mentioned, for uh, Kansas State. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Oklahoma's really going to want to get back at them next year. I mean, yeah, that might be a little You've been saying it year heated. after year, but yeah, I mean, credit to K-State, and they earned the 25th ranking for their impressive road win at Oklahoma Fort. So they're 3-1. and one. They are in the, the top 25. Congrats. Next week for these teams, K-State hosts Texas Tech, who had a big win over Texas. We'll get to that one very shortly. As for Oklahoma, they will... Here we go. Just took me a little bit to find him. They travel to TCU. Uh, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager country. Sonny Dykes and the Horn Frogs host Brent Venables and the Sooners. So Red River Showdown, or Red River Shootout, as some people like to call it, with how high scoring those games are happening uh, uh, two weeks from now, October 8th. So that is one we will definitely preview. Texas and Oklahoma, one of the most bitter rivalries in all of college football. Mitch, before we take our first break, and you know, I just want to talk about something. Top 25 polls. We mentioned Kansas getting snubbed. They got 125 votes. Not enough to get in. Uh, really, what are they going to have to do? I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I really love what Lance Leipold's been able to do with that Jayhawks program. I'm going to read off a couple teams here, and I'm going to have you say, do you think they're too high, properly rated, just for a little fun? Okay. Uh, yeah, just yeah, yeah. For a little fun. Tennessee, after the win over Florida, goes from 11 to 8. They're oh. 4-0. What do you think? Oh, up to eight? Yeah. Mm, that's a couple spots too high. A couple spots too high? A couple high? spots. I'd put them 10 or back to 11. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Possibly. It's always a tough. a little bit too high. It's always tough because I, I, I prefer power rating teams over ranking. I mean, we see like, I mean, the records obviously play heavily into why they're ranked where they are. Yes. But sometimes record doesn't always show the story of a team. Like last year in Nebraska, they were three and nine. But they lost so many one-possession games, so they were a better team, in my mind, than 3-9, and nine, but they just weren't able to, A, execute in one-score games, and B, the coaching, obviously, as you know now, Scott mm-hmm. Frost was terrible. He's so. gone. Yeah, and he is gone, uh, and that's for good for the Huskers. We got some, uh, should we you know, hit on that real quick? We got uh, another coach that's out uh, just today, right? Georgia yes. Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech. Jeff Collins, uh, real quick, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little more on the flip side of the break, but Jeff Collins fired from Georgia Tech. Uh, did not do a good job there. Uh, no, I believe sir. it was ten and twenty-seven was his all-time record uh, as Yellow Jackets head coach. So again, Georgia Tech is a spot where it, it hasn't historically been a good program, but they have the ability to recruit well. They're right in the heart of Atlanta, so there's a recruiting hotbed there of talented players to get. Yes, ten, 10 and twenty-eight correction at Georgia Tech and seven and nineteen in ACC play. Associate head coach Brent Key uh, will take over as the interim head coach. And they also fired their AD, Todd Stansbury. So 
a lot of personnel changes going on up in the athletic department and the heads are rolling, Jack. Heads are rolling. Georgia Tech. So much change to the L Jackets in the near future. We're going to step aside for a second break of hour number one of today's show. When we come back, more talking about the changing head coaching spot at Georgia Tech and wrapping up our college football discussion. Stick with us here on the Heavy Hitters. And welcome back to the Heavy Hitters, everybody, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K, you are Kutztown. Jack High, Mitchell Smedley. Getting back into our college football discussion, Jeff Collins officially out at Georgia Tech. Already the third firing of the year. Arizona State saw Herm Edwards get fired, and there's a whole controversy around that. Uh, reports are swirling. There's nothing truly confirmed yet, but reports are swirling that assistants uh, intentionally leaked game plans to opposing coaches to intentionally get Herm Edwards wow. fired. Uh, again, <laughs> Herm Edwards. This story. Yeah, Herm Edwards was also involved in recruiting violations during the height of the pandemic, having recruits on campus a lot of I mean just a lot of bad headlines around the Arizona State football program over the last couple of years and I think a lot of the people involved in that program wanted Herm out before the start of the season that didn't happen for whatever reasons I'm not inside the uh not inside the athletic department there so really don't fully know what discussions were had behind closed doors but he was kept uh and now he's gone he was fired uh last week after their tough home loss to Eastern Michigan but, yeah, it's going to be a new chapter in Arizona State football. And, and if, if these allegations are true, man, oh, man, it's only going to get worse for the Sun Devils. So, I mean, just I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly incredible that this is happening. Like, not one scandal, but now potentially two. So it's just it's really a shame to see um, just such bad misconduct uh, in, in a Power 5 program. I know it's not like it's permissible in any level of college football or any collegiate sport or any sport, really. But, yeah, just absolutely bad looks all around for the Arizona State football program. Again, if this is true, I have to preface it with that. There's yep. nothing been confirmed yet. But so far, the allegations coming out have not been good at all. So uh, we, we will report on the show if we get any more on our Wednesday show. I'm not sure. It's probably going to take a while to get everything fully ironed out. Yeah, but this is going to be a long process here. Absolutely. Gotta sort everything out. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we may have reports of things to talk about, but there won't be an official uh, sort of verdict, I don't think, for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. Mitch, and something we both know about, we're going to shift yeah. folks a little bit before we talk about uh, our games that to mention, not fully break down from last week. but Yeah, we got a more important situation. Yeah, a very important situation to talk about. We we are both weather guys. We like looking into the weather. But yes, in sir. all seriousness, um, actually, I'm going to let you take this away. Okay, yeah. So uh, I talked about it a little bit on uh, Redneck Rush Hour last week, how uh, we had Tropical Storm Ian and now uh, has developed into Hurricane Ian uh, down in the uh, Northwest Caribbean, entering the Gulf. This is going to make its way toward Florida, uh, over the coming uh, 48-ish hours. And, I mean, the news right now, though, is not good. Uh, last night, uh, the storm was still pretty disorganized. and uh, or Actually, sorry, uh, yesterday during the day uh, on Sunday. storm was pretty disorganized. Uh, looked like it was going to take a little bit of time to get its act together. Still be a strong storm. Uh, problem is it got its, uh, its stuff together much more quickly than anticipated. Uh, became a hurricane late last night. Uh, hurricane Ian now. And I just checked the 2 p.m. National Hurricane Center Intermediate Advisory. Uh, the public advisory said that the winds have now increased up to 85 miles an hour. Uh, still forecast to be a major hurricane uh, just before or at the time uh, of landfall and potentially slow down and stall out, uh, which is a problem for a few reasons. It's going to create a major, well, already wind event from the hurricane itself. 
Uh, a lot of rain with these tropical systems, especially when they slow down like that. So flooding is a major concern. Uh, on top of that, a lot of storm surge for the, the coastal areas with the uh, prolonged prolonged wind event. Uh, this has implications, you know, for college football, games being impacted. But really the, the focus here is on the humanitarian effects that this is going to have. Could be a very, very deadly, dangerous situation unfolding uh, for parts of Florida here as we get on into the middle of the week. So, um, you know, our thoughts are with everyone down there. I know, Jack, a lot of people up here have family that retire down toward Florida. So please, if, if you know anyone uh, that could be in the path of this storm, uh, please, you know, check in on them. Make sure they are preparing. And, and even, uh, you know, folks down in the southeast um, United States more so, like Georgia, the Carolinas, we don't know specifically where the storm's going to end up after Florida. There's a chance it tracks up the coast. That's too far out to know really right now. Just uh, keep checking in on people, making sure they got their hurricane plans in place. And uh, obviously, you know, um, just stay stay tuned to the National Hurricane Center and your local weather authorities to get the most up-to-date local information, as always. Absolutely, Mitch. Couldn't have said it better. I mean, just, you know, be safe. If you're tuning in from Florida, just, you know, be, be advised. Uh, take the precautions you need. Uh, you, are, you know, Florida State already announced, you know, just for classes and stuff like that, they're shutting down campus uh, Thursday and Friday. So everyone is preparing for the storm to hit. It's definitely going to make landfall in Florida as the projections have it right now. But really, there's not a lot of clarity. They know it's Florida. Maybe it gets part of southeast Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia potentially could get hit. Uh, but on the path that's on right now, it's projected to go. Florida defin- definitively looks like it's going to get hit. Potentially Georgia as well, maybe parts of the Carolinas. So again, just take the proper precautions. Uh, pretty much everything Mitch said, you, you've put it fantastically, my friend. So just thank you. you. Know, outside of a sports realm, it's definitely look like it's going to affect some sporting events. Uh, but for uh, the humanitarian side of things, just you know, stay safe as best as you can, and you know, just prepare properly for what this storm could do. Uh, as it's projected, I think is a hurricane uh, category three, maybe potentially category four right now. Yeah, so it's going to peak uh, somewhere. Uh, right now in that major hurricane strength, uh, it was, you know, Cat 3, then it rose to Cat 4. Um, the, the problem is, you know, since it got its act together earlier, it is actually doing what we call rapid intensification, um, which is just, you know, intensifying at a much quicker rate. So uh, we saw this with uh, a couple years ago, Hurricane Laura in the Gulf before it hit Louisiana. That thing was, you know, it got over some more water and that it was skipping categories all the way up to Category 4. Um, the ceiling for this one uh, should be capped, thank- thankfully, by uh, some wind shear as it gets right up toward the coast, but could peak just before landfall, category three to four, uh, probably looking at that four range now that it has strengthened quicker than anticipated. Yep. Absolutely. Now we got a quick message from the KUR notebook before we turn our focus back on the college football to wrap up hour number one. From the KU Notebook Attention, KU Community, join the Women's Center on Tuesday, October 11th from 3 to 4 p.m. at the Boxwood House for Hack Your Hormones, a presentation on your hormonal cycles and how to optimize efficiency in a patriarchal society. You do not want to miss this informative event, so please attend this message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Goodstone University, KUR. Welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody. One more thing about Ian real quick. I just important to mention, we talk about the category and stuff. Uh, it's really easy to get hung up on what that category is, what yep. the wind speed is. But hurricanes, like I said, are much more than just wind. And not only that, they're much more than just where this thing makes landfall. These storms are hundreds of miles across yep. in diameter. Yeah. Folks way away from the the impact uh, or the landfall zone uh, could, are really going to be feeling impacts from this as well. So if you see your town is not the landfall spot, 
Don't let your guard down. You know, big storm with a lot of different effects. Some uh, evacuations have already uh, begun in Florida. If you're in those zones, please heed the warnings. Very serious situation heading your way. Absolutely. Again, this is a sports show, but it's something we have to talk about is it's going to be affecting, you know, a greater region of the United States, Southeast area. So, again, everyone who lives in that area, those states, uh, be advised once again, take the proper precautions and do the things you have to do to, uh, you know, be safe and evacuate if you must. So, again, just take the proper precaution. It looks like it's going to be a very heavy hitting storm, fast moving. Uh, it can affect a lot of different states and a lot of different areas. So, again, uh, just be safe. And it's looking like it's going to be hitting later on this week. So, you know, again, just, yeah, just it's going to be interesting interesting event it's going to be it's going to be a rough uh situation there but you know the folks down in florida uh law enforcement uh all our first responders down there very well trained for these uh certain situations here um so please uh make their job easier by if they need you to be out of a certain place please heed the warnings and just you know do all you can for yourself and for those around you absolutely now we're going to go back to college football though just some games to mention real quick to wrap up the first hour of today's show duke and kansas we mentioned kansas earlier People's Game of the Year! People's Game of the Year, yes. Two <laughs> prolific basketball powerhouses going at it on the gridiron. Both were 3-0 and coming into the day. But Kansas comes out with a win at home. And really, Jalen Daniels to the Jayhawks, looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the country. 35-27, Kansas wins. Daniels goes for 324, four touchdowns through the air. Adds a rushing touchdown in 83 yards. So one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the country. Uh, the development of this Jayhawks team has just been... It's been incredible and no one saw it coming uh the expectations were low i think this team was preseason projected three wins they've already eclipsed that so interesting to see what heights this team can climb to and it's certainly looking like they're going to be in a bowl game when it's all said and done but again 4-0 duke stream one they have a lot to be proud of too they played pretty well in this game uh quarterback riley leonard 324 and a touchdown added 54 yards of his own on the ground on 10 carries so yeah, both these teams look pretty good, and these are teams that have been traditional bottom feeders over the past decade or so, and they have turned things around so far to start 2022, so good looks for both Duke and Kansas. Texas, Texas Tech, the Red Raiders outlast the Longhorns. <laughs> I thought you got stuck on Texas. 37-34, Red Raiders pull it out in overtime. Yes, a lot of Texas going on in this one, but... Everything's Texas in Texas. Yes, it is. <laughs> Red Raiders win at 37-34. They led 24-21 late in regulation, but a huge play down the sideline got the Longhorns in field goal range. No, correction. It was 34. No, 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 no. Correction on the correction. Yes. Let me get it right here. 34-31. Uh, instead of, so instead of 24-21, it was 34-31. Uh, but, yes, 21 seconds left. 45-yard field goal gives the Red Raiders the lead. Texas marches down the field. Gets in a field goal range. Burt Auburn, 48-yard field goal as time expires to send it to overtime. Longhorns get stuffed on their lone drive before Trey Wolf kicks the game-winning 20-yard field goal to give the Red Raiders a big win over their rivals and their first, uh, I think one of the first times they've erased a double-digit halftime lead since beating Texas in 2017. If mm. uh, Again, that's all off the top of the head. A so. little piece of history there yeah, from Jack's mind. So, huge win for the Red Raiders. And they have got, again, another team that's just slowly turning things around. Jeremy Guire's there as the head coach. And, yeah, this team's playing for each other. And he had a pretty uh, inspirational message to his team after the game. He was, like, uh, pretty much just shortening it down. He was like, I told you they would quit. And they they did. 
they they ended up doing it. They you know Texas did end up folding in overtime. So yeah, Red Raiders win in impressive fashion. They're three and one, and yeah, so they got to find a way to keep going with this momentum forward. As I'm stalling to try to figure out this coach's name, I feel like I messed <laughs> it up. It's not Jerry Maguire. I don't know. So. Let's look this up again. In the bad stalling. For me. Yeah, stalling. I'm not stalling anything. Uh, I'm not stalling. Joey McGuire. I knew it was there McGuire. We go. I knew it started with a J. But Joey McGuire, yes. Uh, he, he's just a guy it seems like you'd want to play for. Uh, he's got just, good culture. Yes. See, Mitch, see, see, you're finally starting to get it. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Are we moving to Auburn? No, we're not moving to Auburn. Oh. We're, we're, moving to, we're moving to Miami. Miami, Florida. <laughs> Hurricanes, man, I love it. I absolutely love it as a Florida State I don't know fan. if that's the right thing to say right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, look, y'all just, they, they lost to Middle Tennessee State 45-31. And it wasn't, again, I mentioned with these upsets, you'd think it's like Miami turned the ball over a bunch, just put it on the ground, threw some interceptions. No, no, that's not what this game was. That is not what this game was. I mean, while Miami did turn it over you know, a couple of times, they, they, they did lose a turnover battle, turned it over three times, but that's not what really defined this game. Uh, it was just Middle Tennessee just beating them. They flat out beat them. They outcoached them, outplayed them, and yeah, it was bad. It was a bad look for the Miami secondary all day long. They went into this one playing man coverage thinking they could just out-athlete them, out-talent them, uh, and Get that's not athleted, son. Yeah, that's not what happened. Uh, Middle Tennessee State had completions of 67, 71, 89, and 98. Oh my goodness! Yeah, wow. Talk about talk about getting gashed in the secondary. 98 yard touchdown, 89 yard gain down to the three. Wow. And then uh, at least they made the tackle. At least, yeah, I guess that's something. <laughs> didn't give up on the play. <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, 71-yard touchdown, 69-yard touchdown, 98-yard touchdown, and 89-yard completion through the air. So, wow. Uh, and what makes it even sweeter is that the Middle Tennessee State head coach was a played quarterback at Florida State uh, hmm. in college. So, Look at you. A bunch of his null buddies. He sent the post-game presser. A bunch of his null friends were texting him. Oh, that's got to be so sweet that you beat Miami like that. And, yeah, bad look for Mario Cristobal and the Canes program, but uh, they have no time to rest. They got North Carolina who's got a fantastic offense. Uh, too bad North Carolina's defense is bottom 10 in the country, but I mean, I guess if you could score, you have a shot. Uh, then they got Virginia Tech, Duke, uh, and they will eventually play Florida State down the line, but a rather easier strength of schedule on the looks of it for the Canes, so they do have time to turn things around. But yeah, another game of Minnesota absolutely beats the brakes off of Michigan State. I mean, what is going on up in East Lansing? Uh, Mel Tucker, the hype train, was there from last year. They go 11-2, and start this year 2-0, absolutely embarrassed at Washington last week and then get laughed off their home field by the Gophers. And no disrespect to either of those teams. Washington and Minnesota, two solid squads, but the expectations for Michigan State were to be right there uh, among the best in the Big Ten East with Michigan and uh, Penn State right there trying to vie for second because Ohio State was the clear favorite. Uh, I'd say co-favorites in Michigan, but Michigan State and Penn State were right there, you know, up at the top of them, but just not how it shaped up. So, yeah, I mean, whew. 34-7 late touchdown least gave Michigan State something, but <laughs> not much. Look uh, at Jack with the silver linings yeah. today. Mo Ibrahim, a big rushing day for the Gophers. P.J. Fleck and company, 4-0. They clearly look like the Big Ten West favorites as it stands now. Oh, Speaking of Ohio State, they absolutely destroyed Wisconsin, splattering Ooh. at Ohio Stadium. 53-21, wasn't close, and yeah, oof. Wisconsin, man. It's, it's gross. Yeah, it's been bad. Uh, and then USC, Oregon State, they survive up in Carvalho's Oregon, 
We're going to take a break for our first hour. Let me come back, wrapping up our college football discussion in MLB and NFL headlines here ahead on the Heavy Hitters. The Heavy Hitters? Heavy Hitters? Heavy Hitters. Heavy Hitters. We are the Heavy Hitters. We are. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim. I love that intro music, by the way. Yes, sir. Welcome back, anyways, to Heavy Hitters, hour number two on this Monday. And we're finishing up college football. And then we got uh, MLB uh, down the stretch. Late yes, sir. Se- it's late September now, Jack. Wow, we are here. We are flying. We are here, bro. And then, uh, of course, NFL week number three. But continuing on with college football, Jack, where do we zoom off to now? Corvallis, Oregon. USC and Oregon State. The Trojans survived 17-14. Oregon State had this one in the grass, but their quarterback, Chance Nolan, threw four interceptions. Uh-oh. And that is not a recipe for success, folks. Not good. Not good. Not good. But the thing was, USC wasn't able to capitalize on any of those interceptions. No points off the turnovers. And they got out of there barely with a win. Uh, so USD, USC excuse me, stays undefeated. Final couple games, want to pinpoint Oregon, Washington State, up in Pullman, Washington. We're staying up in the Pacific Northwest. Oregon escapes barely. 44-41. Crazy game. All the way down to the wire. A late mistake by the Cougars. Sealed the deal to give to give Oregon the win. It was 37-34, but a pick six by Masefuna made it 44-34. And a touchdown as time expired for Washington State made it look a little bit closer. But yeah, man, that that that's a gut punch. Washington State had the game in their grasp the whole time. Led 50, uh, 27-15 going into the fourth quarter. Led 34-22. With just under seven minutes to play, uh, and let it slip out of their grasp, and the Ducks escape with a win, and they go to three and one. So big win for Oregon, but Washington State—they're they're a sneaky team. They are a sneaky team. They're going to be there in the Pac-12, uh, and I think the Pac-12 is a conference a lot better than people expected. You know, because people didn't really expect Washington, Washington State, Oregon State uh, to be as competitive as they are with the big boys. I mean, we knew. USC was projected to be good. Oregon was going to be good. But a lot of unknowns after that. But a lot of surprises so far in the Pac-12. And we'll see if it continues uh, throughout the rest of the season. But through four weeks, the Pac-12 is looking like a better conference than many thought. So that is going to wrap up our college football discussion today. We're going to quick move into MLB before breaking out all things NFL from yesterday and previewing Monday Night Football between the Cowboys and the Giants. Wrap up today's show. Cue it, Mitch. They should just have you do the vocals. Dude, I should just do it, man. Yep. I'm the new Carrie Underwood. Yeah. When I'm there for Oh my, oh my goodness. God. I apologize. Wow. 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 <laughs> folks, that was bad. Folks, if you didn't turn off, please don't tune out. Please. Um, yeah, some I promise no more no more singing for the rest of this show at bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, at bare minimum. So that's a uh, two show singing penalty. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna, it we're down. Gonna, we're gonna have to enforce that, Mitch. If I catch you singing on a future show, we're gonna have to cut you off. You but, know what? Uh, my singing perfectly uh, replicated the play of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, that's a, how's that for a transition? Yep, absolutely. Barely holding on to the playoffs. Barely, yeah. The We're Brewers, still there. Brewers one and a half games back. They are on the coattails no. of the Phillies. They and lost ooh, though. They I lost. Love it. They're losing too. The Phillies did with somewhat what they needed to do against the Braves. 
And uh, now I hope sweet, sweet Milwaukee can slither their way into the playoffs and please no bump Philly out. Oh, How much are the Mets up by? Make my day. One and a half. One and a half. Oh, they're on the coattails. Yep. I love it. Yeah, the Braves. I mean, they are. The Braves are. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny it. It's true. So I'm just. I'm just glad that you know. Speaking the, of, uh, that hurricane could affect that Mets Brave series. So really, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, I actually that didn't even compute in my head. Yeah. So there have been discussions already about moving that series out of Atlanta and putting it at a neutral. That's field. shocking. So wow, would be drastic in affecting. Uh, the end of the season because the fans in Atlanta down there were so excited it you know rocked the stadium for the Mets coming in for a big late uh, late uh, series yeah down the stretch of the absolutely. season but some things are just out of our control absolutely though. the elements are seemingly looking like they are going to affect that nothing set in stone yet but yep. again we talked about subject that early on in the show subject change yes. yeah uh, Guardians clinched the AL Central wow. wow congratulations congratulations to the young guns in Cleveland, Ohio. They were given a 7.5% chance to win the division to start oh, the season. Man. But they did it. They did it. Did and either of us have them or did we have the White Sox? No, we both had the Sox followed by the Twins. Twins, We had yeah. the Guardians third. Third. Man, I remember at the start of the season we were thinking maybe the Tigers could get third in this division. Whew, that aged very poorly. Yeah, that so. aged about as well as my Angels claim. So, yeah, oh my goodness, I forgot about that. That start, remember a month in, I was like, look at this! Yeah, I know. Everyone thought that. Then reality set in. Yeah. There's a reason it's 162 <clears throat> games, folks. It's a long season. At it's least Brandon not, Marsh is good now. <laughs> it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yes. So... If it was 60 games, the Angels would have been smooth sailing into the playoffs, but that's not the world we live in, and for good reason. So, um, And, yeah, I mean, not only did they just have a bad season, you know, manager's gone. Uh, it was Joe Madden, right? Yes. Phil yeah. Nevin's been there now for quite some time. Things so, have not gotten any better. We'll see where they go just in the offseason. Bad season down there in Anaheim. Absolutely. Um, When's the last good one? Uh, like oh, man. Ouch. Yeah, wow. sorry. I mean, it's, it's true. Better than the Phillies' last good one. 2011. Yeah, that's <laughs> that cry. is true. So, other headlines: Dodgers clinch the number one seed in the National what League. Is, what else is nothing new? new no it's surprise there. Shocking. Everyone knew it. Oh, big news: the Dodgers. Gotta yeah, believe it. So the playoffs are gonna have to run through LA once again. Again, surprise, surprise. Not for everyone. Not really. <laughs> uh, but a quick message to the KU Notebook. Attention, KU community. Want to join a campus club that is a focus on activism, racial justice, gender equity, self empowerment, and anti violence. If so, come join FMLA. FMLA meets every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at room 104 in the Boxwood House. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back to Heavy Hitters. Jack Hyman, Mitchell Smedley on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR, Kutztown, 1670 a.m. Oh, the full name. Wow. Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> we're, hitting our, we're hitting our groove, Jack. Heavy Hitter. I yeah. was tired hour number one. I'm feeling it now. Yeah. Let's go. Heavy Hitter. Pool host. He has hit 700, ladies and gentlemen. Hit two wow. on last Friday night in L.A., 699 and 700, went soaring into the left field bleachers of Dodgers Stadium. And whatever lucky fan caught that 700th home run ball will have plenty of prizes waiting for them. Um, what do you mean by well, that? Well, not waiting, but um, okay. It's just Congratulations, just Albert that. Pools. Yes, for real, on a serious note. Congratulations to Mr. Pools, only the fourth player all time. To hit 700 home runs in a MLB career, wow, that's uh, awesome. Shoe and Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. And yeah, I mean, what else? What is? What else is there to say? What a great story. It was in doubt. I, I didn't think he'd do it coming into the season. I really didn't. But 
prove me and a lot of others wrong. Yes, sir. And it didn't look like he was good enough for the first half of the season. I no. mean, it was a really sluggish start. But so turned it on in the second half of the he year. He just and, cranked them out. Yeah. Some Poor pace. Some have been speculating uh, other factors playing into that. Uh-oh. I'm not, in, I'm not in that camp. Uh-oh. I'm not. Oh, boy. I might be. There's 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 no like national representation of that. But I'm still hung up on the uh, home run derby. Yes, yeah. I don't know why you. Like I'm mad. So it's a home run. That. It's a home run derby. It's Philly pride, it's bro. That nothing. was our time to he wasn't, shine. He wasn't going to win the derby anyway. He may have. No, he would not. Have. Why not? What if he figured it out? Because Juan Soto was there. That's Juan why. Soto. No, can't say that one either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know what you were going to say. So. I don't um, think Regs does either. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think Regs wants to get a notification from the FCC. Yeah, a hefty fine. So, yeah, Mitchell, can you come into my office? Yeah. No, <laughs> Mitchell, we have a discussion. I'll pass. Yeah, um, but Judge is at sixty. The chase to pass Maris continues. Dun, 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 will he dun, dun, do it? Dun. I think he will. Yeah, I think so. Time's running out a little bit though. Uh, he's got three six. Ten games. I Ten mean, games? Come on. Okay. I mean, yeah. To hit two home runs? Yeah. yeah he should do it. Whatever. We've seen crazier games. things. We've seen crazier things happen. Q, I know. Q04 ALCS. Yankees blow a 3-0 series lead. Okay. So, yes. Crazier things have happened on said diamond, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. I'll be the judge of that. Nah, but yes. They travel to Toronto for a three-game set before hosting Baltimore and then finally wrapping up the season at the Rangers for a four-game set. So, yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, we're going to get to our NFL discussion. Loyal what? Listener, loyal, listener, the loyal listener of the show who shall remain anonymous texted, uh, I thought Pools would hit the 700, and he was proven right. So congratulations to you, anonymous loyal listener, who I've referenced for the second consecutive week, and he will stay anonymous. What did you mention last week? Carson Wentz not throwing an interception. and Which was also true. Yeah. Two for two. Dude. Loyal yeah. listener might have a section. Wow. Two. Topic of the week. Wow. Can you give us like three takes a week? Fantastic. Maybe maybe, the, maybe we get this guy on the show. I Dude. don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Well, you just narrowed down half the population saying it's a guy. Yeah, I did. Okay, I did. so half the anonymity. Anonymity. Yeah, there you go. You got it. That's not the word. Yeah, no. But um, Anonymousness. Yeah, another big, last big MLB headline. Royals on Sunday, yesterday, Royals. erased an 11-2. They erased an 11-2 deficit against Seattle to come back and win a thriller. 13-12, wow. 11-run, 11-run sixth inning wow. for Kansas City. <laughs> Mariners faltering. Wow. Not sure it's going to matter. Orioles, the nearest team, four games back of Seattle for that last wild card spot. Seattle's it would have been, been five. Seattle's been scuffling. But I don't think it's going to matter. I think they'll break the You think the Philly and Seattle are both going to get it done? No. No? Seattle and Philly out. Both of them out? No. Seattle's in. Oh. Philly out. Oh, oh. Seattle in Philly out. Oh, well, yep. you're stupid. You're a meanie. Okay. <laughs> Phillies are going to do it, man. Th- that, that's my bias. I don't care how crippled Bryce yeah, no, Harper is. Yeah, Phillies are going to get in because they play the sorry Nationals for four games. <gasps> we so, do. Yeah. I forgot about them. We do. Thank God. Why did you sound like Patrick when you said that? I, I forgot about that. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. You got it set to M for Benny. Set to W for Wumba. Wumba. Um, so they got to play the Phillies, play the Cubs, Nationals, and then Houston. 
Kalstein. Imagine if they have to play the Strohs to determine if they get in the playoffs with the Brewers have Imagine to play. Imagine if I cared what Jack Himes said about my baseball team. Couldn't be me, bro. The Diamondbacks. Couldn't bro. be me. So. Because you, sir, Mr. Met, are going to have to play the Padres. The Slam Diego Padres. That was a really good impression. You know it. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But that was okay. a really good impression. You can say whatever you want. Mets are going to win the East, and that's just facts. No, they're not. So. Anyway, we're going to go to the NFL. Going to get swept by the Braves. Okay, well. Swept. You guys Get the did. brooms out. You guys did, so. So, yeah, I digress. Mets should win the East, and I think they will. No bias. No there. bias at all. Zero. 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 Vision just, completely unclouded. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on. We're going to go to NFL, breaking down every game. Steelers-Browns not spending much time in this one. Absolutely garbage game. Terrible game. Bad teams. Uh, it did look like my upset of the week was okay to hit the through, first half. Through the first half. But then, uh, then yeah, the second, in the second half. half, Cleveland just yeah. shut them down. Uh, they scored three points yeah, on a so. Boswell field goal at the very end. Yeah, football is two halves, not one. So. Yeah, that's what I'm noticing. Yeah, yeah. So Let's move on. Let's Don't go. worry. Both of our upsets of the week didn't hit. So. Oh, yeah. What was yours? Jets. <laughs> I told you that was a bad one. Dude, uh, I was going to... Uh, what? We'll get to it. We'll what? get to it. All right, anyways, moving real, on. Let's, well, let's real, talk real, about... Real quick, we didn't talk about it at all. We just talked about how the Steelers just didn't win. 29-17, oh, yeah. Browns win. Mari Cooper, well, you said moving. Seven. We don't need to spend much time on this at all. Yeah, but we got to talk about it at least somewhat. That was barely anything. So, Cooper, 7 for 1-on-1 one on one and a touchdown. Nick Chubb, 113 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Brissett didn't turn the ball over. Browns look pretty good. How about Njoku? Yep, Steelers offense still looks like complete garbage. And, yeah. Um, I went on this spiel last week. Not going to do it again. Steelers 1-2. and two. they got to play home to the Jets in Week 4. We'll preview that on Wednesday's show. But Browns win. Mitch they're Trubisky, two, he's like... They're 2-1. and one. Browns really should be 3-0 oh if they yeah. didn't choke to the Jets. But Mitch Trubisky doesn't look like he has a pulse out there. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky does not. I mean, good. like... His offense just And terrible. he's not, like, throwing horrid picks. Like No, it's not like he's making, like... Like, what are you doing It just looks throws. like he doesn't exist. It just looks like this offense doesn't have any life to it. Yeah, and they, I mean, it took them until their final drive in the fourth quarter to get a first down in the second Like, half. the fact that you can't scheme playmakers open is just absolutely mind boggling. Deontay Johnson! Like, Johnson, Fryermuth, George Pickens made that silly. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that was very loud. Oh, so. Um, it was a great catch, though. I mean, that was better than the OBJ catch. I mean, oh, hot take. Nah, no, nah, that's true. I mean, if you look at it from the back angle. From the end zone angle, my gracious, adjustment to that ball in the air, phenomenal reeling. And then George Pickens, man, get that guy in the field more. Get him the football more, man. That guy looks like he's a special talent. Stole him in the second round of the draft. Maybe the third. I don't know. I forget exactly. I think he was second. Yeah, I think it was second, too. But, yeah, George Pickens, absolute steal. I mean, if he's making catches like that, what can he do when he makes a simple throw? So Great Pickens in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Start at Georgia. Looks like he'd be a potential budding star in the NFL, but get him the football more, Steelers. Scheme your star players open more. Can't be that hard. Let's hit these 1 o'clock games. 1 o'clock games, Texans-Bears. Again, another... Gross. Gro- <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Gross. Gross. Yeah, 20, we need a soundbite of that. Yeah, 23-20, and Davis Mills special strikes again. It was 20-20. Before Davis Mills throw an absolutely mind-boggling interception. I mean, <laughs> right right at the Bears defender. I mean, where are you throwing that? He's standing right there. You could have gift-wrapped him the football and said, here you go, take it. It would have been the same thing. Before Cairo Santos kicks the game-winning 30-yard field goal as time expires. And the Bears are victorious. Yep, 2-1. and one. Bears can't throw the ball. Continues to be a trend. It's Justin Fields, so 10- terrible. 106, two interceptions. I mean, do you have a passing game? 
do you have a passing game? No, that's the simple answer. Uh, ground game, they'll look, continue to look good. Khalil Herbert took over after David Montgomery left early hurt. Hope he's okay. Uh, rumored to be knee and ankle, so that sounds pretty Uh-oh. serious. Yeah, yikes, he's not good. Khalil Herbert, though, took the reins and he ran with it, literally. 20 for 157, <laughs> two touchdowns, 7.9 a carry. Run game continues to impress. Who had Khalil Herbert on their fantasy teams? Not me. Maybe. I don't know. I did get the win this week, though. Yeah, so did I. Cra- I'll tell you about it later. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. It was, yeah, I dominated my one league. I did Solely not. Solely because my opponent was team did not play well at all. But I started Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's rough. Raiders-Titans. <laughs> and I hate the Raiders. Oof. I truly hate the Raiders. But unfortunately, I will have to say that till after our first break of hour number two on the heavy hitters. When we come back, recapping NFL Sunday action. Stay with us. We love our pirate here on Heavy Hitters. We are back. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, talking about NFL Week 3. And we're talking about Raiders, Titans, and the Titans. Get off the schneid. Derrick Henry had actually a decent game for once, I believe. Sucks. What do you mean? No, he doesn't suck. I'm just talking about the Raiders. Oh, oh. I was talking about Derrick Henry. I don't know why you're talking about the Raiders. Because I have personal reasons. <laughs> you have? What are your personal reasons? My survival pool is over. <gasps> no! Yeah, at the hands of the Raiders. Thanks a lot. Josh McDaniels, you're, you're so bad. In Fired. a two-point fashion, yep. Jack Heim loses a survival pool. <sighs> Putting my personal things aside, though, Mitch. Man. What do you think of the Raiders, buddy? Personally, like garbage, okay. terrible. Really, terrible. What about Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs, he's fine. Okay. Josh McDaniels, head coach, garbage. Fire him. Oh my goodness gracious, this guy was terrible with Denver. Why would you give him another chance as another coach? I mean, I don't understand. This team looks terrible. You had Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. You can't find him to get more than five receptions in a game against a sorry Titans defense. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is it's a joke. It's a joke. It's not even because I had stuff on this. It is just as a football fan, it is terrible to watch Devontae Adams not being used properly at all by any means. Josh McDaniels and this Raiders staff, absolutely atrocious job of coaching. And, yeah, uh, couldn't put any better than that. I mean, they're terrible. Garbage. No chance to make the playoffs now. Season's over for the Raiders. Season is done. Pack it in. Pack it in. 0-3. Ain't going anywhere, especially with the division you're playing in. You played one division game in your 0-3. <laughs> couldn't beat the Cardinals or the Titans. Ouch. That's rough. That's rough right there. Flip wow. side for Tennessee, though, positives, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, like, you know, I was waiting for Mitchell's Monday meltdown, but Jack, jumping the gun here. I yep. love it. Flip side for Tennessee. Excited. Positive. Ryan Tannehill's still very average. Again, he's just <laughs> most average quarterback you could throw out in the NFL it's, football it's field. It's so true. Derrick Henry looked looked good. Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Uh, Robert Woods, breakout game, 4 for 85, and Derrick Henry also had 58 receiving yards, so look at that. Wow. Um, still not impressed with this Titans offense, especially in the passing game, but uh, take a rest. Titans win. They're 1-2. and two. They go to Indy. They go to Indy next week, and that's going to be an interesting one considering the way the Colts That's That's where I was just going to go. This is my meltdown here, Jack. Indianapolis Colts, they win. Against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't understand, okay? I do not understand. The Look. inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. This isn't even like my actual... I have a real bone to pick with the NFL that's actually planned out to be Mitchell's Monday Meltdown. But just... Go for it. Sitting I'll here wait. thinking about this game, it boggles my mind. Kansas City, 
How does this happen? I don't get it. You you, you just lost to a team that lost uh, 24 nothing to the Jags? Yep. By yeah. the way, Jacksonville, man. We'll get 3 and 0, right? 2 and 1. 2 and Oh, who they who they lose to? Uh Washington. Oh, yeah, when Carson Wentz actually looked decent. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this, man. This is, Michael Pittman cannot make this much of a difference. Michael Pittman. He's that guy. He is just, he is, for whatever reason, the leading factor for this no. offense. Eight for seven. I refuse to believe. <laughs> I refuse to believe. Dude, the Chiefs even kept Jonathan Taylor in, in check. 21 carries, 71 yards. Like, that's nothing. Yeah, he's he's sucked the last two weeks. Bottled up. Matt Ryan still looks like hot garbage. Oh, my like, God. My goodness. Wow. Like, the Colts make zero sense. Like I don't understand. Like <laughs> they they literally make zero sense. Nailbiter tie against the Texans, uh, where they had to battle back from twenty to three deficit, get blanked by the Jaguars. Now you come at home, come back home for your home opener, uh, and stun the Chiefs in an absolute barn burner. Um, Stop! That was not a barn burner. <laughs> it was not a barn burner. I said that just to intentionally get a new skin. But um, yeah. Colts. I mean, that was my, a barn bomber because I got mm, so frustrated. My I gracious. blew up the bar. The whoa, bo- I blew up the whoa. bomb. I blew up the barn. Yeah. Whoa. He didn't mean that. It's a mythical barn. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> Colts win. Yeah. Um, Colts win. Colts win. Wait, wow. that's Cubs. <laughs> Never. Mind. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. That's, Cubs win. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Dolphins. Bills. Okay. Lead this discussion. You. <laughs> okay. Dolphins. Bills. The Bills Super Bowl contenders have been handed their first loss of the season at the hands of Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins in a uh, what was the final score? Uh, Twenty-one to seventeen. Uh, the 19. over. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I forgot about the safety, dude. Who safety? How could this you week? forget about the butt punt? I I it just slipped my mind, buddy. I'm sorry. It's okay. But yeah, twenty-one nineteen. Two safeties this week in the NFL. Um, really, the the story of this one is the butt punt. Well, that <laughs> yes, of course. But uh, I mean, this is the first time we've really seen uh, Josh Allen be held in check, and held in check means four hundred yards. Yeah, four hundred forty-seven all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. Holy smokes! Yeah, I guess that's guess that's keeping him in check. But I yeah, mean, man, dude, they can't run the ball. Josh Allen has really thrown sixty-three times. 63 times. It, what did Singletary have, like 14 yards? I think. Nine carries, 13 yards. 13. I was one off. I mean, he had 78 receiving yards in a touchdown. Yeah, he had a, so. a big day receiving, but running the football, it just didn't happen for the Bills at all. And uh, that was the difference in this game. Miami, you know, able to make, you know, bigger plays when they need to, of course, with Hill and Waddle. Uh, Tua, how did Tua do uh, in this game? Well, he played through a concussion. By the way, I have no idea how he was allowed back that, in the game. I, that, I was so confused. I heard he went off with a concussion. I'm like, oh, wow. And then I, I heard that he was back on the field, and I'm like, wait. Yeah, so he so took a, that a huge hit. Like, he took a huge hit. And as he got up, he was trying to trot back, staggered and fell down as he wow. was trying to jog back, takes him off the field, goes through the concussion protocol, I guess. They somehow clear him to go I back out on the field. That. Makes zero sense. And the Dolphins somehow find a way to win this game. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, I like how you say unbelievable. Unbelievable. But yeah, Tagovailoa, Tungavailoa, 13 of 18, 186 and a touchdown. Not his finest day, but no, he did enough. He got the job done. Did enough to get the win. Jalen Waddle recently acquired him on fantasy team. Four for 102, my man Jalen Waddle. Keep doing what you're doing. Four catches for 102 yards? Yep. 
That is 25 yards a catch. Yep, 25 and a half. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think there was as much off the field antics in this game though as there was on. Did you see? Uh, did you see the Bills OC after the game? I did not. Oh my goodness! They queued to him up in the up in the uh, up in the booth, mm-hmm. uh, and he was uh, throwing a little hissy fit. Uh, as time expired, he Ken Dorsey, the former Miami court, or yes, Miami quarterback, um, now OC for the Bills. He uh, pretty much took all the papers and that he had up there, started slamming the desk, uh, and just completely just destroying all the papers that he had in front of him. Wow. Uh, and covered the camera, too. So they saw parts of it covered after. Sure, it got worse. Uh, and this has been hitting headlines. Wow. Some people, Some people have been bashing it, saying, How did I miss this? Oh, it's unprofessional. It's like, uh, it's just, you know, how could you be, potentially, if you want to move into a head coach, you have to be able to show much more composure than that. I am on the complete flip side. I love the fire. I love the fire from the coaches. You're animated that you lost a game in that a big game against a uh, divisional rival. I like it, too. And, you know, that last drive was frustrating for Buffalo. It was frustrating. I mean, very out of style, sloppy, couldn't get anything right, Couldn't didn't have time to spike the ball. It was just a frustrating end of the game. And, you know, your coaches are showing it. Good. Show a little emotion. Yes, please. Show me a care. Show me a care. And, you know, I mean, the fact that this is getting criticized is ridiculous. Tom Brady gets praise for... Breaking a couple tablets and yeah. showing some Where's fun. the Bra- justice? Brady shows some uh, passion by by breaking a couple uh, tablets in frustration uh, against the Saints and who did they play last week? Um, oh, um, blanking, why is that? Uh, oh, the, it was the Saints last week. Yes, yeah, it was the Saints last week. I forget who they opened against, but oh, uh, the Cowboys. Yes, Cowboys. Yeah, so, but but against the Saints, he breaks two laptops. Uh, Brady, Brady's just a, he, he's on fire. You know, he's passionate. You know, he, he, he wants his guys to get in line. Uh, but when, it, but, but when a coach does it, it's all, oh, it's out of line. It's, it's, it's unprofessional. Give me a break. Give me a break. When someone shows fun, when, when, just cause Tom Brady's a legend, he's allowed to just show fire. But when someone else does it, it's just, it, it gets publicly ridiculed. Give me a break. Welcome stop to our culture, the, Jack. Yep. Stop with the nonsense. Stop with the nonsense. I love a little fire. I yeah, love a little passion from our coaches and players out there. Show me that you want to be out there. Show me that you're not just playing for the money. Show me that you love the sport and that you care. And that's what those two guys are doing. So, I mean, yeah, I like it. I love the energy. Um, keep it in. I'm not going to say destroy stuff, but um, I like the passion. Keep up the passion. That's destroy the opposing team. No. Oh, well, yes. Destroy yes. the opposing team. Exactly. Just not, just not the opposing team's press box. So. <laughs> and coach's box, I True story. So, yeah. Moving uh, on. Are we going to Philly? Yeah, we can go to Let's Philly. go. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles, let's go. 3-0. and Quiet. Dismantling Carson Wentz. I've never been so happy to see him lose. Uh, Carson Wentz was sacked by the Eagles defense nine times in this game. Got a uh, trademarked Carson Wentz fumble. Uh, defense, most of this game, shut the commanders out. They allowed six points. The other two came on a safety. I mean, the blitzkrieg in the fourth, er, not fourth quarter, the second quarter, 24 points. All of the Eagles points came in the second quarter. Uh, Thanks to (laughs) skinny Batman, Devontae Smith. What a game. Uh, He had 169 receiving yards, a touchdown to go along with it. Just absolutely going up and getting the ball over defenders. Just a great day for Hurts to Smith. Uh, Wow, wow. I'm feeling great. 
about this football team. That is two straight uh, second halves where the Eagles did not score a point, though. Jack, your outside opinion on the Eagles. Is it who they've played, or is it who they are? Um, uh, just Come on. You can say it. You can say they're going to the the big game. No, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're not saying that. I'm not saying that. It's way too early to I say am. that. I'm saying that. Yeah, it's because you're just because I'm it's right. You're no. It's just because you're a biased Eagles fan. But no. I digress. They have looked like the best team in the NFC through the first three weeks. Let's see if it lasts. Let's see what these other teams do to step up. But yeah, I uh, gotta give credit to the Eagles. They are again. We knew they had a talented roster. We knew they were going to be one of the better teams in the league. Uh, and so far, they're showing it, coming out here, dominating the last two weeks against the Vikings and now the lowly commanders. But yep. um, it's still a division game, and on the road, things can, weird things can happen, as you've seen in years past between Washington and Philly playing on uh, our nation's capital. But uh, not this time. Uh, Eagles dominated, and yeah, credit to him. Jalen Hurts, another solid game. Devonta Smith, uh, fantastic showing. So Eagles look good. Eagles look great. They should continue it. They're going to keep rolling. They I don't imagine why not. Jacksonville. Because they have the fourth easiest strength of schedule in the league. Cardinals. So, Cowboys. Yeah. Again, Man. Not, not much competition on the schedule. Not, that's not taking away anything from the Eagles, but it's the fact of the matter. They, they dismantled of, the Vikings. They play one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Well, I mean, eh, the Vikings didn't really look so well, great on Sunday. Well, I think so the Vikings are pretty good, though. I think they're good, too, but I don't Stumbling know out of the gate here. They're 2-1. and one. They barely escaped at home over Detroit, but but they did it. That Detroit is becoming that pesky team that people talked about that I didn't believe. Yeah, but they're the only ones so. that have put up actual numbers against the Eagles. I was right, actually. By the way, with okay, that, so you're so special. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, the Eagles. This is three straight ha- three straight first halves where they've put up 24 points. Uh, first time in Eagles history, I believe that's happened. It, it's really just a, a a real offense that that is existing in Philly now with Smith and AJ Brown. Dallas Goddard to compliment it. Uh, he came back from his injury yesterday, so hope he's okay. And Jalen Hurts, I was not, still am not fully a believer, but what a start to the season. Hater. For number one. Yeah, I am a Hurts hater. I don't like him. Uh, but, you know, 3-0, and I like that. So, moving on, uh, which one do you want to hit next, Jack? Are we, we still have 1 o'clock games, right? Yep, we already brought up Lions-Vikings. Might as well just talk Let's about it. Let's do it, yep. Minnesota wins 28-24. And the Lions lost it in typical Lions fashion, uh, breaking the hearts of their fans again. Uh, And, you know, I love Dan Campbell as a coach, but he made a bad decision at the end of this game. Made a bad decision, sends out Austin Seibert for a 54-yard field goal, misses it. Lions proceed to go down the field. Vikings? Vikings. Sorry. You're good. Uh, Vikings go right down the field and score the game any touchdown on a K.J. Osborne 28-yard reception with 45 seconds left on an absolute blown coverage. A, that just can't happen, and B... Uh, you've been going forward on fourth down all day. Why you would like to go out and send your kicker for a 54-yarder? No idea. Uh, and you know what? I respect Dan Campbell for owning up to it in the postgame. Uh, he's like, look, I 100% made the wrong decision. I cost my team the game. I cost our team the game. And if I had to do it over again, uh, I would have put the ball back in our offense's hands and Jared Goff. They had a chance late. Goff tried to heave it down the field in an absolutely awful throw that got intercepted. Yeah, that and was that ended no the game. chance. So, Yep. Lions one and two, Vikings two and one. Yeah, just whew. one of these divisional matchups. I think Jack uh, that just you know it's always going to be not always, but m- many times more than we think. It's going to be close between these teams that really know each other. Yep, uh, that's what happened here. I don't really blame the Vikings for being in such a close uh, position with the Lions. Divisional matchups have weird things that occur. 
Uh, I think the Vikings still are a very good team. They show that with the ability to execute in crunch time at the end of this game. And uh, Minnesota, 2-1. and one, That is, is that first in the division? Yes. Or the Bears? The Bears no. are 2-1 and one as well. Green Bay. Green Bay? No, Green Bay. No, Minnesota is because they beat Green Bay head-to-head. Mm, okay. So Minnesota's 2-0 and oh in the division. Green Bay is 1-0. and oh, And Chicago's 1-1. One 1-1, and one, one. right? Because Green Bay lost to uh, Minnesota. Yes, yes, yes. One and one. All right, cool. Green Bay leading that division, uh, but three teams above 500 in the North. Well, it's actually Minnesota leading the division, but. Oh, I thought. Oh, sorry. I totally did just say Green Bay. Yes. Uh, My bad. Minnesota. It's 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 complicated. We straightened it out. Minnesota number one. Uh, Moving on. Ravens Pats up in Foxborough, 37-26. Oh real, real quick tidbit: Dalvin Cook did leave that game injured. Yeah, uh, how about that? I think it was a dislocated shoulder, something like that. I think it's something like that. Uh, he says he expects to play next week with a brace on it. So hopefully for Dalvin Cook, he's okay. One of my favorite players. So um, electric, yeah, yeah dominant. He's just he's just a fantastic player to watch. Uh, he's a very electric player, like you mentioned. So hope all's good with him. Ravens beat New England. 37 to 26 up in Foxborough. Lamar Jackson continues to put on an absolute clinic oh, man. early this year. I mean, my goodness, he wants that bag. He wants the money. Uh, and he's playing like it too. 18 and 20 after the year, four touchdowns. Only threw for 218 yards, but when you can throw for four touchdowns, I don't think it really matters how many yards you throw for. Um, he also added 107 and a touchdown on 11 carries. So. Yeah, he's playing out of his mind. Andrews, 8 for 89, two scores. My fantasy that, player of yes, the sir. week, baby. Yep, I have Lamar in my one league. I'm 3-0. and Lamar has put up 50, 45, and 30-something. So, continue to do you, Lamar. But Ravens 2-1. and one. Sorry, just hit the- <laughs> <laughs> We don't have to talk about it. Ravens impressive win. Mac Jones, uh, oh boy. Not only did he leave injured through three picks, yeah, not good. Uh, he has a high ankle sprain in his rumor to be, I think is what I've seen on that. So, yeah, I think just interesting. A lot of injuries, man. A lot of injuries early in the year. I think this is a byproduct of not playing any preseason games. This is what happens. This is exactly what happens when you don't play in the preseason. I'm not saying you have to play like every quarter, but you need to play somewhat. No, like, you need intense you, conditioning. You we need, need game to be action. Hitting at practice. You need game action. Yes, I agree. You need, need to bring back hitting at practice. It's yes. a joke. In practice, I mean, what is practice? It's just run-throughs and just it's it's not even... I digress. We don't have time. We don't have time. <laughs> We're in agreement on that. Yeah, though. we don't have time. We have don't have time to go down that rabbit hole today. But yeah, Ravens win. Lamar looks good. All there is to it. Last game before the break, Bengals Jets 27-12. Bengals get their first win of the year. Joe Burrow looks like himself, 275, three touchdowns. About time. Tyler Boyd 105 and a touchdown. T Higgins 93 before he got absolutely popped. Oh my goodness, he took a Big that time was, hit. That was so loud in my headphones. Yeah, he popped. Yeah, he he came back from that hit, but my my oh my, uh, he took a big time big time hit. But yeah, and he's already dealing with a concussion, so hopefully he's okay. Yeah. There were a lot of big hits in that Jets Bengals game, but Bengals prevailed twenty seven twelve. Now we're just talking about Joe Flacco threw two picks, one late um, when it was pretty much um, out of reach. So all there is to it, Bengals one and two, Jets fall to one and two. Bengals play Dolphins, I think, on Thursday night. We'll preview that on. Our, our Wednesday show. Yes, Dolphins yeah. Bengals in Cincy. We're going to take our second break, though, when we come back, wrapping up our NFL reactions from Sunday slating games, and then, of course, wrapping up with previewing Cowboys-Giants. That'll take place tonight, Monday Night Football in the Meadowlands for a whiteout. Stick with us here for the final 20 minutes of Heavy Hitters. Welcome back. Final segment of Heavy Hitters on this Monday afternoon. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
I'm doing my intro. Sorry, man. Bringing the energy. I love it. It's good. It's all good. All right. Keep pounding. Uh, we're going into the Panthers and I, I like that. I like that. What? Keep pounding. That's the Panthers thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You like what I did there? You like that? You like that? Well, I got okay. a bunch more of it. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Keep pounding. The Panthers uh, wow. get the win over the division rivaled Saints. Uh, tw- was 22-7 the final or was it 22? 22-14. 22-14. They scored again. I thought they might have scored. Yep. Uh, garbage time touchdown. Christian McCaffrey over 100 yards again. Uh, the Panthers beating a bad team. Baker Mayfield looks awful. Pretty much all there is to say about this game. Yeah, really not much to add. Jameis clearly is playing hard. You can tell from a mile away. Uh, Even I can see it. But <laughs> two for 353, a touchdown, two picks. Alvin Kamara continues to struggle to get things going in the early parts of the season. 15 carries, 61 yards. Uh, Chris Olave, man, looks really good, though. Oh, rookie boy. from Ohio State. Nine catches, a buck 47 through the air. He is going to be a true NFL deep threat receiver. You're seeing it already. I think he's in store for a very solid, solid NFL career. Uh, yeah, can't disagree with that at all. But that wraps up the, the uh, 1 o'clock slate. Let's move into what I think is the best uh, 4 o'clock game Ooh. that we had. Ooh. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, best 4 o'clock game I think we had was Brady versus Rodgers, Buccaneers, Packers. Um, and, you know, it was it was a low-scoring affair. It looked like the Packers were going to run away with it. Would they score two quick touchdowns on like 10 and 12 play drives? Yep. And then um, they were driving again. Aaron Jones fumbles the football, and from there it was a slug fest. Yep. Final score, what was it? Uh, 14 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. The Buccaneers drive down the field uh, when it was 14 6, put it in the end zone, can't come up with the two point conversion or the onside kick, and Aaron Rodgers gets his second win of the season. Jack, what stuck out to you in this one? Defense, defense, defense. Uh, this had a very similar feel to that Arkansas A&M game. Packers yeah. got off to a fast start. Big defensive turnover with the Aaron Jones fumble to slow down Green Bay's momentum. Uh, and then it was just kind of like a, eh, it was just a back and forth kind of game. It saw very little, excuse me, very sorry about that. It's okay. Uh, exchange, we forgive you. Yeah, exchange is scoring. So, yeah. Uh, started off with the Tampa Bay field goal. Then it was 14-3, 14-6, just low scoring. Final second touchdown to Russell Gage, and then they couldn't convert on the two-point conversion because they took the delayed game. Yeah, bad, sloppy play kind of from Tampa Bay down the stretch of the end. But defense has played very solid. I think the Bucks have the best defense in the NFL. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yep. Wow. You I mean, look what they've the been birds? able to do. Look what they've been able to do. What have they been able to do? Held the Cowboys to three. Okay, Dak Prescott looked awful. Saints are also awful. And held Rodgers to 14. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That That's a good day. Now, this isn't the same Packers. There's no Devontae Adams, but Aaron Jones is good. They'll get their biggest test next week. Uh, Who do they play? Chiefs Sunday night. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. This brings me into a point I wanted to make. I'll make it real quick. This is my actual thing that I'm I'm melting down at this week, and I've I've been mentioning it to a few people, I think Jack included. But this this week, the NFL absolutely sucked with the primetime matchups. It was awful. Dude, I had to sit and watch – Pittsburgh and Cleveland Thursday night. Terrible game. I had to sit and watch um, Niners-Broncos last night. Terrible game. And tonight I got to watch Cowboys-Giants. Terrible game. We got, uh, we've talked about two of the matchups coming up for next week, which is uh, Miami-Cincinnati, right? Yep. That's better, right? Especially since the, the Bengals are getting back on track. 
And then we also have the uh, Chiefs-Packers. Better game here. And then who's Monday night? Chiefs-Bucks is Sunday night, by the way. Oh, Chiefs-Bucks. I'm sorry. Okay. I thought you meant the Packers. Um, Chiefs-Bucks. That uh, Even better, in my opinion, because uh, Evans will be back, and hopefully some of their offensive pieces are healthy again. Uh, and then who's Monday night? Rams-Niners. Rams-Niners. See? Great. Much better matchups. Hello. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Hello. There's there's a fellow. Yeah, Brandon uh, is in. Oh, it's side. Brandon Carnegie. Yes. My goodness. Hi, Brandon. Um, but yes, getting back. <laughs> yeah, getting back I, I'm this, just wow. so upset with the with the schedule this week. It really was just bad football, and we still have Cowboys Giants tonight. This could be a bad game. No matter who oh, wins. Oh, boho! I'm gonna be upset. Oh, boho! Oh, let me play a song on the world's smallest violin. Yeah. So Packers win it. Gutsy one. Uh, yep. Gritty, defensive battle. Green Bay wins. They're 2-1. Um, Cardinals. Yeah. Cardinals. You know, we'll go to the Cardinals. Rams-Cardinals, 2012 LA wins. Yeah, rather just uninteresting game. I mean, it was just... <laughs> oh God. It was just bad. Like, there's so disgusting. many bad games this weekend. It was just, like, terrible football. It was terrible football. I couldn't... It's not even that I had stuff to do during the 4 o'clock games. I just looked at the slate and said, nothing interests me. Man, I have better things to do than sit down and watch these bad matchups. And it really was. That's how it turned out to be. It was just because this Rams uh, Cardinals game was closed doesn't mean it was good. It was not good football. It was t- 13 nothing Rams. Then then the Cardinals inched their way back with a couple of Matt Prater field goals. Three Matt Prater field goals make it 13-9. Cam Akers gets a touchdown run 20-9. And then a fourth Matt Prater field goal made it 20 to 12. Congratulations, Arizona. You scored 12 points without getting in the end zone disgusting football. Rams fell to control the whole game. They're fine. The Rams are good. We mentioned after their week one slaughter at home against Buffalo uh, that they'd be fine. And look at that. They've won their next two games. They're fine. Yeah, Rams should be okay. Cardinals are proving Jack Wright a little yep. bit, and I don't like that. Yeah, so. I love it. We're going to move on. Another uh, really bad game. Seattle, Atlanta. Actually, I'm going to disagree. That, I oh, think that was one of the better on. games of the day. Come on. If you look at the rest of these games... Jack Chargers, we'll get to it next. Saints-Panthers, not good game. Eagles-Commanders, blowout. Bengals-Jets, blah. Ravens-Patriots, pretty good. Vikings-Lions, pretty good. Dolphins-Bills, good. Chiefs-Colts, eh. I mean, there were close scores, but there wasn't great quality of football. No, I, I totally agree. So, uh, why? Fine. Walk me through this uh, the Seattle game. Tell me why you like okay. it. Falcons Seahawks. Uh, a Falcons get their first win, twenty seven twenty three. Wow. Mariota played all right. See, it's because they didn't have twenty eight. Cordero Patterson. Yeah, facts. Cordero Patterson puts up one hundred forty one yards and a touchdown on the ground. Eight points for yards per carry. Yeah, he was had a good day. Scared me. Kyle Pitts uh, came out of a shell. About time. Uh, five for eighty seven. Drake London had a decent day. Only three catches, but puts up fifty four and a touchdown. Good for the little fantasy owners out there getting in the end zone, including myself. There you go, Drake London. All right. Oh, you did start him. I did. Put him in over Bateman. Put him, put him in over Bateman. Made the right call. Uh, Defensive-wise, yeah, I mean, second half was a lot better than the first half for, I think, both of these teams. It was 20-17 to 17 at the half. It was wow. Only, yeah. So two field goals and a Drake London touchdown ended it. Uh, no points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, these are two bad teams, but it was actually an interesting game to follow. So that's just my take on it. Okay, I, I really, back and forth. I really just checked in bare minimum for this game. Um, saw a lot of highlights simply because of fantasy. Did not interest me at all. Much like the Sunday night football game. One Holy second, smokes! Though. I was going to say, have we hit the? We have hit the mark? fifty. We yeah. hit the fifty. He's at the fifty. 45, 40, 35, 30. They could go all the way. Well, from the KUR Notebook, attention KU community, join the LGBTQ plus resource center for a weekly LGBTQ plus book club. 
an author who is part of the LGBTQ community, as well as a theme book, will be selected to be enjoyed and discussed as a club. The LGBTQ book club meets every Tuesday from 2 to 3 p.m. in the Boxwood House. We hope to see you there at this message of community interest. Brought to you by the radio voice of Goodson University, KUR. Mitch, I heard you put your water bottle down. No, that's not what it was, Jack. What was it? I did this again. Oh, you, oh, you nudged the microphone. That's yeah, why you're with laughing. With my big ears. Yeah, that's why you're laughing. That's why I'm laughing. Because it's three times now. Yeah, that is the third I can't. time. No, I was reaching for my water bottle, and that's when it happened. And now I just, I just feel silly. Well, now we're going to give a quick rapid reaction for the final 4 o'clock game and the Sunday night game. Jack's chat. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, Jack's Chargers. Hold on. Yep. Yeah. What? You, you did that better than I did. Hell. I want to get a restart on that. Jag's Chargers, not whatever I said. Um, so just, shop- yeah, just imagine you didn't hear that. 38 10, man. <laughs> what the? What happened? Great. Googly moogly. What is going on out in Los Angeles? Shopping jellyfish. That's a big Jag's win. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> Sorry for your ears out there, especially if you have headphones in. Yeah, dude. Apologies for that. We're just giving you our passion. Yeah. Because the Jaguars are here to play. You know what? We said the Jaguars are bad. I'm willing to retract that statement. They're they're a competitive team. Heck, they might win this division the way it looks right now. I mean, holy smokes, what is going on? Well, well, that's two in this division. The Jags beat the Chargers, and the Colts beat the Chiefs. Why is my... Oh, because I'm touching the cord. Yes. I'm messing things up. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, 262, three touchdowns through the air. They look good. James Robinson added another 100 and a touchdown on the ground. Yeah. Jose Jones, 85 yards and a touchdown. Christian Kirk continues to play well for 72 and a score. Marvin Jones even added a receiving tally. So three different receivers registered receiving touchdowns. Doug Peterson's got this Jaguars team in shape. So far, so good. Three games. They're 2-1. and one. Coming they got back a to big Philly. showdown in Philly next week. Oh, man. The revenge arcs have not gone so well so no, far this year. No, they haven't. But maybe a different story with the Jags. I don't, with a coach I don't instead say, of a quarterback? Yeah. I don't see, I, I'm not saying they're going to beat the Eagles, but I think it's going to be a tight game. I, I'm I nervous. I really do. I'm a little nervous now. Uh, what's We got an update on Justin Herbert. That's what really is the uh, takeaway from this game, Jack. Did you see him uh, kind of limping around and stuff? No. No? I didn't watch a single ounce of this oh, game. Oh, okay. So Justin Herbert seems to, at the very minimum, be discomfort- discomfortable. Yeah, we knew that, though. He was going to come in playing with an injury. Wasn't and it, fully healthy. It shows bad, though. Like, 10 points total. This is a real concern. Uh, and it really shakes up the AFC because Chargers were going to be one of the top contending teams. And now they're sitting here 1-2, and two, right? Yep. Yeah, one and two after losing to the Chiefs, now the Jags, and now you really got to worry about you know the Chargers being at all competitive, uh, looking like this flat against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who you know Jacksonville Jaguars might not be the most shocking, um, jarring, bad team they once were, uh, yet to find out. But currently, as it stands, that even just losing thirty-eight to ten to a medium-range team is really troubling for the Chargers. Yeah, I, I'm on high alert for them right yep, now. Yep, absolutely. Um, one more thing, though, quick before we go to our Sunday night game and preview the Monday night game. Chargers couldn't run the ball. 12 carries as a team, 26 yards. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Well, because Austin Eckler's terrible. Yeah, he only had four carries for five yards. That's I do bad. not like that, man. Blitzing. Sunday night, 11-10, Broncos beat the Niners in an ugly game. Weird score. Yeah, very strange score. Uh, safety with the quarterback, Jimmy G, ran out of his own end zone. He pulled a Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. Um, oh, I was wrong. There were three safeties this week. I said yeah. two earlier. Yeah. Three of them. So, and you had a you catching the touchdown with the very suspicious Mike Tirico call of that. Um, suspicious. Yeah, I can't say that. Suspicious. Uh, okay. Tell me later. Yeah, yeah, it's an off-air thing. Can't okay. Say on there for what he said. All right. 
Uh, and it sounded like he said a curse word on air too when uh, someone scored a touchdown. But uh, wow, I don't think so. I don't think he did. It just I think sound just sounded, sounded weird. weird. Yeah, it just sounded strange. Okay. But Broncos win eleven ten, and as disgusting as it is in the way they played the game of football, they no are somehow way. two and one. They could be three and zero truly if they executed better in Seattle. That's disgusting. Yeah, with how bad they've played, the fact that they're two and one is incredible. Um, yeah. Very ugly game. Very, very, very ugly. That's true. And you could tell the broadcast crew was not interested in being there. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. So uh, they're like, why did we have to get stuck with this? Chris game? Collinsworth. Now here's a guy. Yeah. Now here's who's a totally guy. tuned out of the football game. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, wrapping up today's show, Monday Night Football, eight fifteen, Meadowlands, Giants, Cowboys, NFC East. Yo, let's go. Yeah, we did it at the same time. It was pretty sick. Brian Dable and the Giants ordering for a whiteout. Uh, plan to see a lot of white in the stands tonight in the Meadowlands. The Giants look to go to 3-0 and for oh, the first time. That just doesn't sound right. Since 2016, they tried to take down the Cowboys. How about yeah, them how about Cowboys? Cowboys? Will Cooper Rush get it done again? He's 2-0 and as a starter, beating the Vikings on Sunday night last year, beating the Bengals last week. He gets another prime time chance to do it on Monday Night Football with Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the call. That one's still weird see- thing, seeing that they're on ESPN. But I digress. Giants got to be able to run the football in this one. Can Barkley get enough done on the ground to take some pressure off Daniel Jones? Big matchup on a pinpoint. Andrew Thomas against Micah Parsons coming off the left edge there. Uh, can Thomas give Jones enough time to throw? Uh, or will Michael will, will Micah will Micah Parsons, the Penn State product, uh, absolutely put his stamp on this game uh, and have a field day bringing down Daniel Jones at least a couple of times? So that that's my big pinpoint. Giants O line, Cowboys D line. Um, and which receiver will step up to make enough plays to the Giants? Because it's clearly not going to be Kenny Garbage Galladay. So wow. I would, Sterling Shepard? Would have said another word, but it can't. Um, so, yep. Uh, for the Cowboys, though, on offense, Cooper Rush just can't turn the ball over. Um, oh, it, believe me, yes, it, he can. Yeah, he can, <laughs> but it's like he's going to have to not turn it over. It's going to be have to, have to be a game. Look, Cooper Rush doesn't do anything special. He's going to have to have a game where he throws for, like, 215, anywhere from 215 to 250 in that range. Maybe two, one or two touchdown passes. No interceptions. Cowboys can't put the ball on the ground. Can Zeke and Pollard do enough? Can, uh, can they run enough time off the clock on the ground with Zeke and Pollard to be able to control this game? Keep the Giants defense in the field long enough to tire them out? I'm not sure. I don't really have a good read on this game. I don't. It's two teams that aren't that good in my mind. Yeah. No, um, two bad teams. Yeah. And look, it's going to be, honestly, the thing I'm looking at is uh, receiver roulette. You know, who's going to be that one receiver that actually steps up and comes a reliable target. You mentioned Galladay. Is it Shepard? Is it Tony for the Giants? On the Cowboys side, is it Noah Brown? Can C.D. Lamb? C.D. Lamb, can he, you know, kind of take on that number one role he's expected to have after Amari Cooper's gone? He's really the only bona fide name here. Yeah, and Dalton Schultz won't be playing tonight. He is injured, yeah. So, so that's that's a, a security huge blanket hit. for Rush off the so field. Do they still have uh, Blake Jarwin? Maybe, I don't know. I forget who their backup tight end is this year. It might be Jarwin, it might not be. Um... But, yeah, it's going to be – who are these guys throwing the ball to? Two quarterbacks that I don't think are that decent when they have uh, competent receivers. But now that they really are yet to be proven to have competent receivers, what is going to happen? So that And then, you know, the trickle-down effect of that is the running backs. Can Zeke be better than Pollard and – or no, can uh, Saquon be better than Pollard and Zeke? That's, you know, two uh, very good running games traditionally, or what we thought would be, uh, got derailed – in the last uh, couple years. Um, but, you know, we're going to see which offense can do just enough. I think this is going to be a very close game, a slugfest, another just slop on the field that we're used to seeing in primetime week three. Yep, yeah, and Kayvon Thibodeau makes his Giants debut tonight, the fifth overall draft pick. Uh, the defensive end from Oregon will suit up for the Giants tonight, making his debut in front of the 
Giants faithful and Big Blue Nation at the Meadowlands. So tune into that one tonight. Only one thing th- left to say about that game, fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, That's it. Well, <laughs> be, be quiet over there. Want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's show. We will be back on Wednesday previewing College Football Week 5, NFL Week 4, MLB and MLB updates. So keeping you posted, stick in uh, for tomorrow. There's some great shows on KU Student Shows. Tonight there's some stuff going on too. So be, continue to tune in to the station or some great music shows, I believe, tonight. So thanks, everybody, for tuning yes, in once sir. again. We will be back on Wednesday with the Heavy Hitters.